Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you in the office. It's Tuesday. It's cold in Oklahoma. Blustery north wind. Man, it's kind of fooling. The sun's out. Looked kind of pretty. Walked outside and it's cold. Man, you get in the shade, it's cold. I don't do cold real well anymore. But I'm kind of glad that the mosquitoes have gone back to hell where they belong. Uh, hopefully, they'll remain there for the remainder of this whatever winter or fall or whatever we have for the next few months. Uh, man, I want <clears throat> to, sorry, still fighting the crud. Uh, boy, still trying to clear this junk out of us. Rhonda is still struggling as well. I appreciate all your prayers over that, man. We're still trying to crawl out of this hole we found ourselves in. So, But I want to share something with you that God put on my heart the other day, and it's <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a, it's a it's really a lot of scripture. I say a lot. I, I, I'm gonna we're gonna talk a little bit out of First Peter. Uh, and I I love Peter. Peter was a knucklehead. Remember, Peter's the one that Jesus uh, said, "Hey, if, you know, get out of the boat, come out here to me on the water." And, and 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 I think that invitation went to all the disciples that were in the boat, not just to Peter. But Peter was the only one knuckleheaded enough to actually get out of the boat and try walking on water, which he did until he took his eyes off the Lord. We know the story. It's one of my favorite stories. Actually, I love to talk about that. Anyway, we're going to go to 1 Peter. Now, this is 1 Peter. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 5, but I want to set the stage because 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 starts with the word, therefore, because of this. Well, because of what? Something happened to create what he's about to say. So as I looked back, as Rhonda has challenged me to do, taught me to do, <laughs> to look back at... Why is he speaking this? Who's he speaking it to? What's the what's the situation here? So as I looked back in First Peter, and there's only five books of First Peter, so it's not a terribly long uh, book, but I, five chapters. I'm sorry, but as I looked back, I, I realized that chapter one begins with like a subtitle, a living hope, and then it goes on to say a sure salvation. So that's beginning in chapter 1. So because of the living hope and the sure salvation in, in chapter 2, we're as newborn babes and as living stones with honor, authority in mind, as Christ is our example. So because of the fact there's a living hope, there's a sure salvation, that we're as newborn babes, that we're as living stones, we're to honor the authority and Christ is our example. And then chapter 3 goes on to talk about godly living. And then chapter 4, keep fervent in our love. Keep a fervency in our love and share in Christ's suffering. Now, <clears throat> that's kind of setting us up for where we are. Because if we do all of those things, then we get to chapter 5 that is subtitled, Serve God Willingly. Now, a lot of times we serve in areas, but we serve out of obligation or we serve out of need or we serve out of a have-to situation. But, but here we find in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, where we find Peter instructing us to serve God willingly. So let's dive into this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. <clears throat> Excuse me. Therefore, remember, because of this, because of everything we've just talked about from verse or chapter 1 through, through chapter 4, so because of all of these things, because of this, I strongly urge the elders among you, pastors, spiritual leaders of the church, 
as a fellow elder and as an eyewitness called to testify of the sufferings of Christ as well as one who shares in the glory that is to be revealed. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here we have Paul, that he's teaching, he's given a strong urgency to the elders uh, that are among the pastors, the spiritual leaders of the church, uh, as a fellow elder, as an eyewitness, he's already seen the sufferings of Christ. Verse 2 says, shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you. So he's given a, 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 a kind of a, a narrative here of, of who he's calling out to, but he's literally telling us this is what we need to do. We're to shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, not not motivated for shameful gain, but with wholehearted enthusiasm, not lording it over those assigned to your care. Don't be arrogant or overbearing, but be examples of Christian living to the flock. Set a pattern of integrity for your congregation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, listen, I, I believe that he's speaking to all of us here. I don't believe he's just speaking to pastors. He's just speaking to clergy, if you will. I believe he is speaking to any of us who are in the flock, who are in the church, because all of our young, all of our elders, all of those outside the church are looking at us as leaders. So he goes on to talk about in verse 4, And when the chief shepherd, Christ, appears, you will receive the conqueror's unfading crown of glory. So if, if we'll hold ourselves with integrity, if we'll lead with integrity, leading as Jesus did, living his life as an example to others, sharing in his suffering, serving God willingly, that when Christ the shepherd himself appears, we'll receive a conqueror's unfading crown of glory. Verse 5 goes on to say, And likewise, you younger men of lesser rank and experience, be subject to your elders, seek their counsel, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Tie on the servant's apron, for God is opposed to the proud, the disdainful, the presumptuous, and he defeats them, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't believe there's any of us hearing this message today that could consider ourselves achieved anything. We are all of lesser rank and experience. There's always someone who's gone on ahead of us. There's always someone who's already been in the fire. There's always someone we can learn from. There's always someone we could subject ourselves to and seeking counsel. That we're to clothe ourselves with humility toward one another. Tie on a servant's apron. Remember, Jesus did that. He tied on a servant's apron. He washed his own disciples' feet. God's opposed to the proud. He, he defeats them, but he gives grace to the humble. Verse 6 says, therefore, again, because of this, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and he watches over you very carefully. Man, this is this is some this is some powerful stuff. As we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, as we set aside our selfishness, our pride, so that He may exalt us to a place of honor in His service at an appropriate time. Your time might not be yet. Your time may be now. But we are to cast all of our cares, all of our I, man. I struggle with anxiety. Y'all hear me talk about this. My worries, my fears, my concerns. I, I, it's this is my message as well. 
Cast all of those things upon the Lord once and for all on him, for he cares about us with deepest affection. He watches over us very carefully. Eight, be sober, be well-balanced and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Remember, he only sounds like a lion. He's truly not a lion. He can't cross the bloodline. He can't touch us. But he can roar. He can he can get us excited. He can get us fearful. And in the process of our fearfulness, we can make mistakes. And we can allow him access to us where any other way there wouldn't be. Number nine, verse nine, resist him, but resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted and established and immovable, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. That's one of our enemy's biggest tactic is to isolate us, to push us over in a corner and make us feel like we're the only one dealing with this struggle. We're the only one fighting this battle. We're the only one who, who is weak in this area of our life. It's a lie. Don't buy into that lie. Know that it's coming from the enemy, and we, we seek the Lord. We put our faith in him. We trust him. We reach out to the Lord. We put a light where Satan is trying to push us into darkness. We don't suffer alone. And verse 10, and after, oh, Ron, this is one of Rhonda's favorites, one of mine fast becoming one of my favorites. Verse, chapter, verse 10 of First Peter chapter 5, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. Ooh, that's good. After we have suffered for a little while. There's always questions. We always I just I've got a message I just put together talking about the why. But we but we always we always have these moments where we feel like we're suffering. But we're to serve willingly. We're to share in Christ's suffering, as it says in chapter 4, and keeping our fervency in our love while the God of all grace who imparts blessing and favor. He called us to be his own, to his eternal glory in Christ. He will himself complete us, confirm us, strengthen us, and establish us, making us out to what we should be. That, that's exactly what that word says. Verse 11 ends it this way. To him be dominion, power, authority, sovereignty forever and ever. Amen. Our God is a sovereign God. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He doesn't leave us hanging. He hasn't left us hanging. He hasn't pushed us off aside into a corner. He hasn't, he hasn't dropped us off somewhere and not come back to get us. That's not who God is. The enemy wants us to think that we're isolated, wants us to think that we're by ourselves, wants us to think that we're suffering alone. But if we will serve the Lord willingly, if we will willingly come after him, even in the hard times, even in when things don't make sense, even when we're just struggling on our own things, if we trust him, if we serve him willingly, he, he is a God of hope. He is a God of restoration. He is a God of redemption. And he's a God that will lift us up in time of need. We can trust him. There's so much scripture concerning how God cares for what he's created in all forms and fashion. And we fit every category in there. Just remember, after we've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. And you ever wondered what you ought to be in Christ? 
All we have to do is serve him willingly. All we have to do is live according to his word. Seek him desperately. If we find ourselves with a hunger, a passion to be in God's presence, a passion to worship him, a passion to serve him, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what's going on in our circumstance, when we willingly give ourselves to him, when we willingly serve him, it changes the tide of the enemy's attack against us. God raises up a standard and he brings his angels to stand guard over us. He'll provide every need. He'll take care of us. Cry out to him tonight. Surrender to him tonight. Surrender your anxiety. Surrender your fears. It's hard for me to do. I'm working desperately on it right now because I'm faced with many at this moment. I'm faced with things that are out of my control and I don't know how to fix it. And that's, that's not a good place for me. I struggle because I'm a fixer. I, I'm one who wants to put my hands on it and just take care of it and fix it. But, but I'm in a moment here where I'm having to completely rely on God. I'm having to trust him. And, and he's proving himself faithful day in and day out. He's blessing us day in and day out. He's caring for us day in and day out. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. When we serve willingly, allowing God the room to work in us. I challenge you, give God access, give him the floor. Just like we pray, Holy Spirit, we give you the floor. Holy Spirit, we yield the floor to you. Fill us, do your work inside of us. We're just willing vessels, God, pour into us. Whatever you desire, pour through us, just like a conduit, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for following our broadcast, our podcast. May God bless you. I know he is, I know he will. Uh, thank you for your support. Many of you are supporting us financially right now. Man, we are blessed. We are so thankful because we have need, uh, and God's taking care of that need. He's using you to do it. We are blessed with those who follow us, those who support us financially. All of our giving links are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. That's L-I-V-I-N without the G, livingloudoutdoors.com. Pinned right to the top of our Facebook and our story. There's a Zephy link that comes completely fee-free to the ministry. That's an incredible link that we've just added uh, it's active, it's ready, uh, it's working. And we don't have to pay fees, and neither do you. You can if you want to. You can support Zephy if you choose to, but you don't have to. So it's completely fee-free to the nonprofit. So uh, please continue to pray for us as we continue this journey of seeking out that which is lost so that they may be found. Amen. God bless you, Ronnie, and I love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.